Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, Father, to learn your word. Father, we give you praise and honor and glory. Father, we ask everything that's done and said will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. amen. So a husband and wife had been fighting and riding down the road. and They've been silent for a while. And um, they're driving out in the country and they come across a herd of donkeys that are on the side of the road. And the wife says, hmm, relatives of yours? And the husband said, yep, in-laws. <laughs> um, man, it's good to see y'all. Um, I left my Bible and my notebook in Crystal's car, which stinks, right? Because I figured out about Lambert Town last night coming home that all of my stuff was left in her car. I've been driving her car all week, and I left all my stuff. So I started over. I think I got all my all my notes re put back together. But what we're going to talk about today is legacy. <clears throat> and, and most of you know, and if you don't know, my family goes to the beach every year for a week. And, and, and it's amazing to watch mama and daddy and how much they enjoy the beach and it, as it's passed down into generations. Now, you know, not everybody's favorite place is the beach, and I understand. But, if, but it, the, the smallest of the group right now is Phillips kids. But if you watch Phillips kids react, they love the beach. They think that is the most wonderful thing. I mean, they eat the sand and throw the sand and wallow in the sand and run in the water. I mean, it, is, it was a great week. But the legacy that mom and daddy's left is, is that we, I mean, that it's, it's not even a discussion point of like whether or not we're going back to the beach next year. It's, you know, is it this house or is it that house or do we need a new house? But that legacy has been ingrained in us. That that week at the beach is basically off the negotiating table. And the standing joke in our house is, is the only time we've missed that week at the beach since I was in like 8th or ninth grade was the year that Sally got married in July. And Philip still maintains that she ruined this streak of, of years at the beach by marrying Lane. But that legacy is ingrained in us. <laughs> Not Lane in general, just marrying Lane in July. Sorry, Lane. The, but it's ingrained in us. And, and, and it's, it's almost secondhand. And when we uh, having different conversations over the weekend, the girls are playing ball, and people, what are y'all doing? Oh, we're at the beach for a week. Oh, y'all do that? Yeah, every year. It's every year, every year. It, it's not even a discussion point. And, and it's very similar to coming to church, right? In my family, growing up, when we were little kids, there was not a discussion point on what we were doing on Sunday morning. Now, my kids have kind of tarnished that a little bit by playing ball but I had a very wise gentleman tell me one time that it was only for a short period of time and when that period of time was over they will come back but our legacy is what we teach the people behind us and biblically um, there are a lot of references to, to legacy and I want to start in the book of Joshua <clears throat> uh, chapter 4 and, and, and so just background, everybody, I mean, I know everybody knows the story. So we, 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 we've, we've come out of Egypt. We've been stuck in the desert. Uh, we done built a calf. We done got some, some, some Ten Commandments. And, and now we're getting ready to go into the Promised Land finally. And Moses has died and, and Joshua's taken over. And, and so what happens is, is they, they take the Ark of the Covenant and the priests walk out into the River Jordan, which is a pretty good-sized river. I mean, you know. 
giant river and they walk across on dry land the entire tribe of israel walks across the river on dry land now, i don't know if the water just piled up on this side i have no idea i don't know how god did it i would have loved to have seen it but it was wide enough for the entire group to go across and when they went across they had gathered stones one for each of the tribes of israel right and so in verse 19 it says on the 10th day of the first month the people went up from the jordan and camped in Gilgal, Gilgal, on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal 12 stones, and they had taken them out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, What did those stones mean? Tell them that Israel caused the Jordan on dry ground. For your Lord, for the Lord your God, dried up the Jordan before you were. Before you until you had crossed over. So the reason they built it was not only one to honor what God had done. But two it was a it was something to be remembered for generations to come right. It's that one time that granddaddy did right at whatever that 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 day he set a monument there for the entire tribe of Israel to remember what God had done for them. And the legacy that they had behind them, right? <clears throat> and so if you talk about legacy, and I asked Mr. Bill, and if I promise if I left somebody off the list that's still involved in this church, I'm very sorry, and it's not intentional. You can tell me about it later or send me a Facebook message or whatever. But if you look at, like, uh, Mr. Jack Locklear, Mr. Guy McGriff, <clears throat> Mr. Kirby Hoffman, Mr. Robert Lee Humbert, Mr. Bud Owens and Stump Keller. In the legacy that they left, <clears throat> all of those people were part of the founding of this church, were part of the beginning roots of this church, who set the standard for what this church was supposed to look like. <clears throat> and their touch is still felt, right? They are still involved. Generations later, their legacy still remains in this church. <clears throat> and that is a testament, right? I mean... And so as, as we go forward, we look back to where we were, but we also look forward in the legacy that we're leaving, right? Psalm says that we don't want to leave. Well, let me not quote it. I'm going to read it. Um, Psalms 78. And verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his powers and the wonders that he has done. So we want to be able to ingrain into our children and grandchildren what our people did before they got here. Because there's a big group of y'all, or a group of y'all, that might have not ever remember any of those people being alive or most of those people not being alive. Right? I mean, some of those folks have been gone for a while. But their legacy is still being manifested in this body, in the body of Christ. And you, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, you don't know how God has a plan, but if you take one guy out of that list, how does that alter? Because each one, I mean, if you knew the folks on this list, Mr. Jack, Mr. Guy, Mr. Kirby, Mr. Robert Lee, Uncle Bud, and Granddaddy, they're very diverse personalities. <clears throat> I mean... Very diverse personalities. One of them would cut a jig, and one of them would tell you what you was doing wrong. I mean, they're very diverse personalities. 
but they each touch this church <clears throat> and their legacy is man Miss Rourke, not still crying and drinking. Their legacy is still felt, and it's not still felt today. And we don't necessarily, just today, it's felt going into the future. They set a standard of how we do business, how we tithe as a church, how we operate as a church. I mean, right now, we're trying to go through the bylaws and, and, and look at the, how it was written in 1968 or 9 and try to figure out how to write that in 2021 terms. And it's hard. But they were very insightful and very genuine in how they set up the church. I mean, you know, I don't know, and maybe I'm just ignorant and that might be it. But I don't know another church that tithes 10% of what they take in. And, and, you know, when, we, when they set up the church, they decided right off the rip, we're not going to borrow money, uh, we're not going to have bake sales, we're not going to have car washes. We, 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 if we can't operate on what we take in, we'll not have it. And this church continues to tithe of what we take in out into the mission fields, out into the community. Uh, Y'all have no clue. And that's really how it's supposed to be anyway, right? As, what does the Bible say? No, let the left hand know what your right hand's doing. Did, did, we tithe in good faith and we pray over our tithes and offerings that it goes into the storehouse and it does what it's supposed to do. And it does. And our board is diligent and, and we work hard on finding the right folks and making sure we're putting our money where it's supposed to be. But that came from a generation before us. I mean, you know, the, the board now was attached to some of those folks or descendants of those folks or, or passed down generation for those folks. But that legacy that was started before continues still. So it puts us in a situation where what are we doing for the generation to come? Well, like I said, when my, on Sunday morning at my house growing up, there was not a discussion point of whether we were or were not going to church. And it was probably whether or not I was or was not going to get spanked because I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do. Actually, that wasn't very much a discussion point either. I got spanked. <laughs> we did. As sure as we were going to church on Sunday, I was getting a spanking. Those, those kind of, you know, I mean, they were separate points, but they're both true. But as we move forward, are we setting a legacy for our children in the same, in the same traditions that were set in front of us? Do we still look back at the accomplishments that God has done for us, whether he's brought us out of sickness, whether he's brought us out of poverty, whether he's brought us out of um, whatever, addiction, anything? Do we still try to push that forward into the next generation? And it's hard. It's hard, right? But <clears throat> um, let's go to 1 Timothy Oh, second Timothy. First Timothy four eight. Uh, yeah. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding the promise for both the present life and the life to come. So so when we are working on eating properly and, and getting an education and, and being good citizens, we really have to continue to push the legacy of godliness and that, you know, First Thessalonians, what is it? We, we don't weary in well-doing. We continue to do right because it's right, even though when it's not. Listen, <clears throat> we had a discussion yesterday at the ball field. It's easy for everybody to be in a good mood and have a good attitude and be a good teammate when everything is going right. 
everybody's a good teammate when we're winning big or things are going our way or what is it? We got the stock market beat and everything's going fantastic. It's more difficult to when times are tough to continue to stick to our guns and maintain our attendance in church and maintain our godly teaching of our children and maintain our godly example. Because look, just as you leave a legacy to your children and your children's children, you leave a legacy to the people you work with, the people you hunt with, you play ball with, you play tennis with, whatever y'all do, I don't know. And and then another really good example is in, in the Barnett family, right? Michael had a legacy of music. Everybody is in the legacy of music. I mean, Lane played the saxophone. Thomas, what'd you play? A trumpet or something? Thomas played the trumpet. Stacy sings. I mean, right? Let me tell you how many people in Bob's family that has a legacy of music. None. Not a one. Not a grandkid. There's hope for some great grands that they might can sing. We have no musical ability, right? Why? Because that legacy wasn't pushed down to us. That isn't what he did. That's what he did. That's not what he did. But they both share the same legacy that they led godly lives in front of their children. That's important to us. Whether your hobbies are, you know, playing music or driving cars or whatever it is, the important part of the legacy is that we are teaching them God's truths, right? That we're doing like Joshua and we're setting those stones up and in remembrance of that time that God did something great for us. You know, the Old Testament used to be transferred by word of mouth, right? They used to sit down at night and they would tell their kids all of the wonderful things that God had done for them, that God had done for their forefathers. And they sat and talked about it. I guess today you'd have to tweet about it or post about it or, or snap about it, what, all the great things that God has done for your legacy coming in and now. But we have to, as, as stewards of the Christian body, right? In, in Romans it says that the body has many parts, Right? It has many parts, and they all have different jobs. But still, the job of the body is to continue to be the body, right? You have to come together as the body. So you, you might be the musical guy or the hunter or the fisherman or the, or the ball player or the whatever, and we have different aspects of our life that are... I mean, we don't all have the same likes and dislikes, right? Not everybody's driving the same make, model car. It's the same color and the same, you know, the same tires and the same motor. And the, well, that's not who we are. I mean, some people in here might care a lot about cars. Some people might not care nothing about a car other than it cranks up and it drives down the road. And if you live in South Carolina, the air condition works. Because if, if you can live in South Carolina without air conditioning, I need to talk to you because you have internal strength I don't have. But whether we're fishermen or hunters or ball players or musicians or whatever, the legacy that what God's done for us still has to be pushed down to the next generation. And look, Every generation has something different, right? I mean, it's the boomers and the Gen X's and the Gen Z's, and I can't even keep up with all the crazy stuff of who everything was. But if you go back to the greatest generation, right, the World War II folks, they lived a life that they honored their country and they honored their God as a whole, as a group. And that generation was stellar, that they pushed that legacy of serving God down onto their children. And our job is to continue that legacy to push honoring God and everything that he's done for us down to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. You have things that has happened in your life to where God has showed up and shown out 
and done some amazing things that your children and grandchildren need to know about. <clears throat> Insert here what Mama announced. Like Grandmama's 188 Bibles being don donated to the Gideons. That is a tremendous legacy that my kids need to know about. <clears throat> being shot down multiple times in war. Something my kids need to know about. Man, this is not supposed to be the stuff of a sermon. <clears throat> but what we have, <clears throat> we have a very unique list of things that where God has showed up and done stuff for this group. And it's, I don't want to be rude, but it's selfish and stingy to maintain that information without pushing it down to the next generation. <clears throat> Our job is to raise the next generation and then a generation after that. And they need to know what happened in the ones before. <clears throat> they need to know the miracles that we've seen. They need to know the healings that we've seen. They need to know that there are times where everything was going wrong and God showed up and delivered us. That is very valuable information. <clears throat> I know y'all tired of softball. <clears throat> when I have, I have the ability to coach kids playing softball, right? And I try to explain it to them. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing wrong. And in the last little bit, I've actually said, hand me the bat. And they look at me like, yeah, fat boy, like you can hit. No, no, I can hit. Hand me the bat. And physically show them where, what I'm talking about, the difference. Physically show them that when you hit the ball out here, you cannot hit it very hard. But when you hit the ball right here, it's still in your hips and you drive it, right? They need to know that information and I can show them the difference. I can physically hit the ball here and there. Now, I can't catch it worth a drat or throw it very good at all. But I can still hit it. But that information is firsthand information that is valuable to them. But our information of what God's done for us is extremely valuable to the generation below us and to their kids. And that's really where the disconnect is, I think. Because people don't sit and visit like they used to. So if you have the next generation under you, it, and you're like, well, it ain't easy. I had to sit and listen to my grandparents and they're going and doing. Well, I'm sorry. Technology has changed. But you have to step up to the plate and work hard to show them, the next generation, what God has done for you. The same way Joshua built the stones and built the altar and wanted everybody to remember, this is the day that God did this for us, and I want this to be a memory for that. You have to find some way to take what God has done for you in the past and push it down to the generation that's happening right now. Because, believe it or not, nothing has really changed. The same problems still exist. It's, it's girlfriend problems or boyfriend problems or work problems or bully problems or self-esteem problems. None of those have changed. We change them different. We name them different. You know, mom and them said when I grew up, they thought I was B-A-D, not A-D-D. -D, and that was probably still mostly true. 
But the same problems exist in your experience of what you went through, although it was a different time and a different age. When it comes to God, the Bible says His Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's Word doesn't change. I don't care if you're reading it off of a scroll, off of a book, or off a piece of electronics. God's Word part still is the same. The God we serve is still the same. What God has done for us in the past is valuable for the folks that what is going on in the future. They need to know that there were times where you were in a mess and God showed up. <clears throat> now, a lot of times when we're faced with those kinds of situations, we think, well, you know, that time I didn't have any money and we couldn't pay the bills and we prayed and God didn't help us, but our neighbor came and helped us. It's like the old joke <clears throat> about the pastor that was in the flood. Y'all remember that joke? It was one of granddaddy's jokes. The pastor was in a flood, and he was on top of the roof of the house, and he prayed and said, God, please save me. And he sent a guy by in a rowboat and said, come on, man, get in. And he said, no, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. He sent another guy in a giant boat and said, come on, get in. He said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. And the guy showed up with a helicopter, and he said, come on, get in. He said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. And then he drowned. And he got to heaven and said, God, what were you doing? He said, I sent a rowboat, a powerboat, and a helicopter. What were you doing? I mean, God's not going to manifest himself and come down. He's going to send his people to do his job. We need to know that. We need to know those times where we were in a jam and somebody showed up. That we prayed about it and all of a sudden a miracle happened. That's valuable information for the people in front of us. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago about being in prayer. That's something that's valuable. It's valuable for your children and grandchildren and their children to know that when I was in this situation in the past, I prayed earnestly to God and this is what happened. Because a lot of times when we're in that situation, we pray earnestly to God, just like the old pastor on top of the building. It didn't happen like you thought it was going to happen, but it worked itself out. The miracle happened, but it didn't happen like you wanted it to happen. I mean, he didn't send the angel down and pick the guy up off the roof and move him over and set him back down. But he sent the boats and the helicopters, right? The miracle still happened. He just couldn't see it. He was too blind looking. He was waiting for God to show up over here. And God was everywhere else except for the one place he wasn't willing to look. Our legacy as we move forward is to push down. And I keep saying that, push down. We have to explain, tell, and retell. And listen... If you're, if you're in school, right, and, or, or, or if you come to church, I don't just tell you one time and we go to the next topic because that would be an awful short sermon, right? You know, I mean, I try really hard not to repeat myself more than twice or three times to, in different ways to make the point across. But when you sit down in school, they tell you the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. Same thing coaching. I tell them the same thing over and over. And, and somehow they don't understand the first 25 times I tell them, but about 30 they start to figure it out. Well, the same thing happens with our legacy. You can't just, well, I told my kids about that time 20 years ago. I told them when it happened. See, Joshua just didn't tell the people that they walked across the River Jordan. He set up the rocks to where the rocks wouldn't move. He wanted it to be told hundreds of thousands of millions of times. He wanted us to come back to there over and over and over and over and celebrate what God had done for them. So when you look at your life and the times that God has shown up, you need to sit down at dinner and tell them about what has happened in the past. 
And you go, oh, well, they don't want to hear me. I don't care. I don't care what they want to hear. Do you think the little kids that run across the River Jordan that day had any idea what took place? Or what the generation after they got into Jericho, what that generation thought? You think they had any idea of the struggles of slavery? They had the struggles of being in the desert for 40 years, of the calf, of being dead in the desert. You think they had any idea of that? Yeah, they did. You know why? Because they talked about it nonstop. Nonstop. They talked about it over and over. And you think they were tired of hearing about it? Probably. You think they allowed them to forget it? No. I don't care if your children are tired of hearing about God. Tell them some more. Joyce Myers is talking that I tell them and then tell them again and then tell them again and then tell them again. Now, you don't have to tell them six times in one day. But when the opportunity arises, when we start talking about how wonderful God is and what he's done for us, we need to come back to that and tell them again. Um, Second Timothy, I got to hurry up. <clears throat> Second Timothy, uh, 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 um, Verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3. I thank God who I'm served as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as, as night. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Verse 4, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which I first lived in your grandmother Lo Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now that lives in you for this reason. I remind you the fan of flame and the gift that God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. This is Paul talking to Timothy, and he talked about, I know you love God because your grandmama did, and your mama did, and I'm sure now that you do, because you were taught all your life that's what you're supposed to do. How terrible would it be that when we get to heaven, that it's, Oh, well, you did okay, but your children didn't, and your grandchildren didn't, and their children didn't, because we failed to do what we were supposed to do. Because here's the question in this statement. Timothy's got a couple, I mean, Timothy traveled with Paul. Timothy was a man of God. Timothy was involved. What would happen if Eunice, uh, Eunice and Lo Lois, y'all got it, mom and grandmama didn't do their part? Would Timothy still been Timothy? Would your grandkids still be the grandkid that they're supposed to be if you don't do your part? If you don't continue to push the legacy down to them, to serving God, that God is eternal, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, for all the times that God has showed up in your life and done? Does that help forge forward your legacy, your children and grandchildren, if you're doing your job? Or are you missing in action and, you know, later we're going to say, well, it's a miracle of God that those kids turned out decent because their mama wasn't worth killing. Or their daddy wasn't worth I mean, I, come on now, we in Burke County. I know y'all have those conversations. Oh, it's a miracle she ain't terrible. I mean, she come from nothing. Or he or them or they, whichever one you want to put in the sentence. And look, that happens, right? I mean, sometimes people come out of nothing. I get it. But our goal our goal as a body of Christ is to not be in that situation that we are going to work hard to put down our legacy, to teach God's word, to live in a godly life, to where when our grandchildren are in concern, that we know that we know that we instilled everything we were supposed to do. Now, I'm going to say, I know folks 
whose mom and daddy instilled and demanded and raised them proper and good and did a good job, and they do not show up and do. I get it. I'm related to some of them. I got it. That has nothing to do with the people in front. Everybody that was put on this planet has a free will. Whether they decide to do or not to do, that's not any of your business. As a parent, you do the best you can. As a grandparent, you do the best you can. And you leave the rest to God. But us, who are wanting to be part of the deal, who do want to be part of the body of Christ, it is our job to continue to do our job. No matter what. Whether it shows good results or it don't show good results. God didn't quit on you when you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. You're not supposed to quit on anybody else when, you're not, when they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So as we move forward, our legacy has to continually... <clears throat> I was, Psalms, one, one more. Psalms 145.4 One generation shall command your works to another and shall declare your mighty works of God. Right. So this generation... Is to push down to the next generation. And that generation is to push down to the next generation. Weird is a continual motion. All you can worry about is you, you and your part. And our part is to continue to talk about the wonderful things that God does. And the Jack Locklairs, the Guy McGriffs, the Kirby Hoffmans, the Robert Lee Humberts, the Bud Owens, and the Stump Kellers. Obviously did their job. Obviously did. I mean, and, and there's other folks in this list, but those are the folks that are still part of this ministry continually. I want to be on that list one day, you know, <clears throat> later, not, not, not next week or nothing. Later, 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 much, much later. When Riley's kids has grown, I want to be on that list. You want to be on that list, too. That's a that's a good list. Were those guys perfect? Nope. Did they have unique personalities? Yep. Are they part of the legacy of this church? You better believe it. And, and our goal should be to be on the same thing. And, and I just want to say that that's all men. Every one of those women that were involved in that, equally part of the legacy. Equally part of the legacy. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Father, we pray as we go forward that we will continue to push your word down to our children and our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, Father, that we will teach them what they need to know. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.